from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. A lot of things to get into here as we hit it and quit it. We'll get into Canes here in just a little bit, but the big star of last night, North Carolina's own Caleb Martin. That's right. From the state of North Carolina, Caleb Martin, 26 points, 10 rebounds in game seven for the Miami Heat. The Hornets cut that guy? That guy? The guy that's averaging over 19 points and over six rebounds and shooting over 60% from the floor and over 48%, nearly 49% from three? The Hornets let that guy go? Let him go. Okay. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. Two of the Miami Heat stars right now. Yep. Bam Adebayo, Caleb Martin, both from the state of North Carolina. That's right. Bam Adebayo from Washington, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Caleb Martin from Moxville, North Carolina. Without going to Google, could you point those two cities out, two towns out on a map? I can give you the general area. You know the general area, but you couldn't quite get it straight in. Maybe not like, yeah. I could pinpoint the, like, pretty close by. Okay. Um, Shout-outs to Caleb Martin being from Moxville, North Carolina. That's probably the biggest stop on I-40 between Statesville and (laughs) Winston-Salem. And it's not not a big stop at all. Yeah. Uh, But it's it's probably the biggest stop between uh, Winston-Salem and Statesville. But him and his brother, Cody, uh, of course, bounced around uh, NC State to Nevada. And then, of course, they go to the Hornets. Hornets cut Caleb and Jake Cole. North Carolina's own, Fayetteville's own, makes a call to say, hey, give this guy a tryout, Miami Heat. He gets his tryout, and he's there. The rest is history. So, yes, Jay Cole, the rapper himself, actually called Karam Butler, who's on staff with the Miami Heat, and Mm -hmm. said, hey, give this guy a tryout. Because Caleb Martin, after he got cut, was training at Jay Cole's place. Yep. And sure enough, comes down there, tries out, gets a two-way contract. So, basically, he can bounce around between the G League as well as the NBA roster. So he's floating around, and then sure enough, gets himself a three-year, $20 million deal with the Miami Heat, and here he is being the big-time player in a Game 7 of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. By the way, you mentioned Bam Adebayo. Yep. He talked about Caleb Martin's performance. A lot of people don't see the work that Caleb put in. I mean, y'all see it now because he's playing out of his mind, but after that Game 7 loss, you know, he I feel like he made it a necessary effort to really come back and be like, I'm going to be a reason why we win a series or be a reason why we win big games. And he showed that throughout this whole series, and I, I'm truly proud of him. One, he's from North Carolina. Yes, sir. Uh, so just yes, representing North Carolina is a, is a good thing for us. But also, man, he gets the opportunity to, one, win a East Conference championship, and two, he gets to play in his first finals. All right, man, we hit that. Now let's quit that, and let's hit this. We have eight baseball teams from the state of North Carolina that will be in the NCAA baseball tournament, which begins on Friday. All right, we're just going to talk about it in alphabetical order. Campbell, they're going to be in the Columbia region. Charlotte, they're going to be in the Clemson region. Duke, going to be in the Conway region. East Carolina in Charlottesville. North Carolina, Terre Haute. 
Terre Haute. Terre Haute? Yep. Mm. Tomato, tomato. NC State going to be in the Columbia region. <laughs> Respect where Larry Bird played college. You're, you're right. Terre Haute. I'm sorry. NC State going to be in the Columbia region. UNC Wilmington in the Conway region. And Wake Forest is hosting their own region. Now, the ACC has eight teams total, mm-hmm. four from North Carolina, that have made the NCAA tournament. The ACC has only won the College World Series twice. Yeah. In 2015 for Virginia. Mm-hmm. And in Wake Forest in 1955. Okay, ACC. I think, I, I think they were still in Wake Forest. They may actually have they been. They were actually still in Wake Forest, North Carolina. They may have they been, actually. They, wow, they really <laughs> actually may have been. Uh, to go back and look at that. Uh, but, yeah, a- ACC, let's get this done. And can we get a North Carolina ACC school to get it done? Actually, any school from the state of North Carolina can get it done. We did talk to Darren Fought earlier today. Uh, spoke to him about an hour ago. If you miss it, check it out on the Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. He has a very strong feeling that down in Columbia, South Carolina, where both Campbell the Camels as well as the NC State Wolfpack, the two and three seeds respectively in that region, feels good about Campbell or NC State coming out of that region that features South Carolina as the host seed. Mm. Feels very strongly about them and either one of those schools getting to Omaha, which is pretty awesome. It'll be huge. I mean, I we actually are going to talk to Campbell baseball coach Justin Hare here in about 20 minutes or so. And I'm curious to see his thoughts because Campbell this season, baseball-wise, only had three losses in the state of North Carolina, a couple times to Duke, and they also had they split, they, they split with Elon, but they have a bunch of wins. They have three wins over East Carolina mm-hmm. this season. They also have a win over North Carolina, have beat UNC Wilmington twice, including blowing him out by over 20 runs. UNC Late in the Asheville season, UNC through. Asheville yep. beat them, swept App State as well in three games. So this team is one of the best in the state of North Carolina is Campbell. I'm excited to see Campbell and NC State play each other. They actually didn't play each other all regular season, despite being, what, 40 minutes apart? By the way, Wake Forest moved to Winston-Salem in 1956. So they win a College World Series next year. And then they move. They get the <laughs> hell out. Go to the 336. What go. was the 336 at the time? It's probably still the 919. Probably was, actually. <laughs> it probably was. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. I hit it so good. Earlier, th- that was announced today about an hour ago, just over an hour ago, Caleb Love, former UNC guard, who initially had committed to play basketball at the University of Michigan after going to the transfer portal after three years at North Carolina, announced they had to decommit uh, some issues in terms of his enrollment uh, going into Michigan announced that he is committed to Arizona. By the way, Arizona, the Wildcats, come to Cameron Indoor Stadium in November, November 10th. You can't, couldn't write a better story. Right? You could not write and, a and better story. The only story. thing that actually would have made it better is if they were playing North Carolina. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's always the NCAA tournament. There is. There's all, So if Carolina— but I want to play like in, in the Dean Dome. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's say that North Carolina does well and there's like a— what isn't isn't it going to be in Charlotte this year? First round. Um, I think first be, and second round going to be first in Charlotte. Second round going to be in Charlotte. Year. Let's say Carolina gets uh, a draw in Charlotte, and and Arizona barely makes it in, and they're there in Charlotte, and Caleb Love just is shooting hot from three and eliminates Carolina. Mm-hmm. Be crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, let's quit that. Let's hit this. The ceiling is the roof. So we just talked about a former North Carolina point guard. Let's talk about yeah. the future. At the PG position, 
for the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill Tar Heels. Elliot Cadeau, he is reclassifying. He's supposed to play his senior year in high school this next year, except he's not doing that. He's like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and graduate. And he's going to be enrolling at UNC as a full-time student in just a few days, in about a week and a half. June 10th, I believe, is the date, and he will be there for the 2023-2024 season for the North Carolina Tar Heels. He is considered to be a classic pass-first point guard. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are considering him. Comparing him, I should say, to Jason Kidd. Oh my God, what a big time that's point a, guard! That's a big time. Well, that's a big time comparison. Big time comparison. One of the best point guards in NBA history. Current head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. That's what they're saying. Elliot Cadeau could be. And the thing that makes me excited about this for North Carolina and for Hubert Davis is he gets his own people in now, mm-hmm. and now things are starting to take shape. And now you have legit roles starting to align. For his roster, you can see the pathway to a starting five right there for the Tar Heels. Now, Elliot Cadeau, again, reclassifying, like you mentioned, very similar to what Tyrese Proctor did for Duke last year. Tyrese Proctor was supposed to be a senior in high school last year, but reclassified, got to college early. Now, Cadeau did say this to ESPN, quote, my goal was always to be one and done. Reclassifying doesn't change that. It's definitely my end goal to be in the draft as soon as possible, but this takes pressure off of me to be one and done and gives me the option of staying two years if needed. So mm. if he's NBA, will be NBA eligible after this upcoming year, and if he's great, feels like he's going to be drafted where he wants to be, he can go right into the NBA. But again, he can stay two years and be the same age as he would have been if he had stayed in high school one more year and was a one and done in college. So you know what? If you're going to develop yourself for the NBA, do it in college. Absolutely. Where you're playing against college players, not a bunch against a 14-year-olds. Absolutely. All right, let's quit that and let's hit this. To God Almighty. So we mentioned a little bit ago how Rob Moore and Dom Waddell, Carolina Hurricanes head coach and president slash GM respectively, are going to be meeting with the media tomorrow at 11 o'clock. There are a lot of questions this offseason regarding personnel because the Canes got to the Eastern Conference Finals for the second time in five years. Last time was in 2019. Well, they got swept by the Boston Bruins, a Bruins team, Chris, that we all can acknowledge was just the flat-out better team. Absolutely. But this series against the Florida Panthers, which just ended last week on Wednesday, was frustrating in the sense that Carolina wasn't outclassed. They weren't playing against a team that was just superiorly better than them. That thing could have been flipped 4-0 the other way. Oh, absolutely. You could have pinpointed something in each game. I honestly thought after game four, the way the the series was being played, should have been 2-2 going into Game 5 this past Friday. Game 7 should be tonight at PNC Arena, but we're not there. We're in the studio sad. right now. It's very sad. Sad. It's very sad, but there are questions for the Carolina Hurricanes moving forward. So I'm sure Don Waddell and, and Rob Burnamore are going to address personnel decisions. For example, Jordan Stahl, who said last week, who, Jordan Stahl's a free agent, captain, been with this team for over 10 seasons, said last week that he doesn't, he doesn't want to go anywhere. He's not going to go anywhere. He's going to work with management to find a deal. He understands that there's salary cap and all those kinds of things. So finding the right term, all that kind of stuff. I I don't see him playing anywhere else in his career. And based off what he said, he said it himself, he wants to finish his career here in Carolina. Yeah. So that's a big offseason question. But outside of that, there are nine forwards that are under contract for this upcoming season. 
only two of them have a deal past this upcoming year. The only two are Jesperi Kokaniemi and Andrei Svechnikov. That's it. Sebastian Ajo, last year of his contract. Teva Teravainen, last year. Natchez, last year, though he's a restricted free agent. Jordan Martinuk, last year. Jack Drury, Seth Jarvis, each on the final year of their entry-level contracts, they're restricted free agents. Stefan Nason is a free agent after this upcoming season. That's on forwards. Now, defensively, they got five guys locked up. They're top five defensemen. Slavin, Burns, Shea, Pesci, Chatfield. Now, Burns and Slavin have two years left on the deal. Shea, Pesci, and Chatfield only have one year left on their contracts. Shane Gossespierre is an unrestricted free agent. I think he's just going to command too much money for them to sign him to what he's going to get to be a third-pair defenseman. But there are a lot of questions regarding, all right, you've gotten close for the last five years. Are you going to get really aggressive this offseason and truly make a move? You mentioned all that and didn't even talk about the goalies yet because they still yep. need to sign both one or both goalies in uh, well, Freddie Anderson or in uh, Antti Ranta. I don't see both of those or, guys coming back. Or is it time to say that Piotr Chekhov, this is your time, bro. Co- this is your time to st- step up. Kochekov, this, this past, during the season, signed a four-year, $8 million contract, so $2 million per year. For, so that's what he's locked in for the next four years is Kochekov. So you're not going to bring Ranta and Anderson back with Kochekov being signed to an NHL contract. You're just not mm. going to do that. So who's the goalie that goes with them? Do you go free agency? Do you trade? Do you bring back Anderson? I don't think it's Ranta, in my opinion. I but, think you have to try to bring up bring back Anderson. Okay. That's 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 what I would do because he's the guy. When he's healthy, he gives you the most stability. And and that's not a bad person but when for, he's healthy. That's the that's big, not a bad person for Kochekov to be behind. Flag. But but we've seen Kochekov come in and, and do pretty well. Yeah. And you feel good if you have somebody like that behind Anderson. I think that Anderson can be there uh even let's say you only sign him for two more years. And it's like, hey, Coochie, in two years, this is yours. Yeah. Learn behind this guy. Learn behind him. Be ready because in two years, this is yours. We're coming to you. Well, the way things now are in the NHL, it's it's more of a tandem. We don't see the guys like Henrik Lundqvist. That's true. Andre Vasilevsky is a dying breed. Pa- uh, Pekka Rene, who was a longtime goaltender in Nashville. Those guys who are starting 65 games in a season. Too correct. Those guys are, yeah, those guys are a dying breed now. It's guys who are going, you go – 48 games, I do the other 44 or yeah. whatever it is, or 34, whatever it is. So that's just kind of that's kind of the, the split that we're seeing nowadays uh, when it comes to goaltending is that it's much more of a 1A, 1B type situation. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Why can't the Carolina – I'm sorry. Why can't the Charlotte Hornets – so yeah. We call them the Carolina Hornets. Why can't the Charlotte Hornets get out there and win? Maybe the reason why is because we need to call them the Carolina Hornets. Because the Carolina Panthers. Maybe. Oh, you're on to something. Because the Carolina Panthers have seemed to turn things around. Yo. Carolina Panthers have seemed to turn things around. Yo. With number one overall pick, Bryce Young, new head coach, David Tepper trying to shift things around there. We have the Carolina Hurricanes. You might be doing things they've done for the last five years. The NC Curl, we'll call them the Carolina Courage. Have won NWSL championships. Just saying. Might be on to something. Might be um, it. But the, the Charlotte Hornets, of course. Now, here's one thing. All right. Let's 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 be realistic about the situation. Caleb Martin, and this is what, what is spurring this conversation. Caleb Martin comes in, has an amazing series, averaging 19 points, shooting 60% from the field for the Miami Heat. This guy was waived by the Charlotte Hornets mm-hmm. two years ago. And a lot of people considered him to be the better of his of the twin brothers, Cody and Caleb. 
the the Hornets drafted Cody, signed Caleb later. Yeah. Then then he ended up waving Caleb, keeping Cody. And look at what Caleb is doing. Now we're not trying to break up the two twins. We're not trying to you know put a little splinter in the middle no, of them. No, no, we're not trying to. Do but that. Caleb has traditionally been known as the better scorer between the two. But for the Charlotte Hornets, you did have a few unfortunate incidents. You had uh, uh, Lamelo Ball injured most of this past season, mm-hmm. and they won like t- what twenty-seven games. Uh, they stunk. That's La- the best way to describe it. Lamelo Ball only played thirty-six. Yeah, right. So, and then you think about the Miles Bridges situation. Miles Bridges, the Hornets don't know Miles Bridges is going to go getting himself into a domestic dispute and be almost arrested. I mean, he was arrested, but almost yeah. being, you know, taken to jail, you know, in the state of uh, California. So they have to move. They have to, like, you know, he was an unrestricted free agent. Nobody signs him this past season. So he's just kind of sitting around. They still have his bird rights. So maybe he he could still be a part of the team this upcoming year. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with that. But it was a lot of unfortunate situations with the, with the Charlotte Hornets. But they can't seem to get out of their own way. People are going to other teams, and they are flourishing. And they are doing better with other teams than what they were with the Charlotte Hornets. And I don't like it one bit. It's amazing how this team just a couple years ago were they were 43-39. and 39, And with James Borrego as head coach, and you're looking at, wow, look at the, one of the best young rosters in the entire NBA, right? Things are flourishing. You mentioned LaMelo Ball. Now look at them. They can't get out of their own way. Management! Got to make a change. Talking about you, Michael. When you selling the team? I don't want them to sell, though. I know you don't want to, but it has to to happen. It has to happen. We'll get into MJ here in a little bit. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. NBA Finals are set, as well as the NHL Stanley Cup Finals are set. We saw the Vegas Golden Knights crush the Dallas Stars 6-0 yesterday. So it's the the, uh, Vegas Golden Knights versus the Florida Panthers. One franchise is going to win its first championship. On the NBA side of things, it's the Nuggets versus the Heat. One of those teams is winning their first championship, which is pretty awesome to think. And the two South Florida teams, the Florida Panthers and the Miami Heat, both eight seeds coming out of their respective conferences and their respective leagues. Pretty awesome when you look at it in that regard. I know one was at the, 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 at the, the expense of the Carolina Hurricanes. I get that. But they also beat top-seeded Boston. They also beat Boston teams to get to the championship as well. Yeah. Sorry, Boston. Drink your tears. Two eight-seeded Miami teams knocking off Boston teams. Um, you know, I think that's interesting. Like, you know, Boston, the uh, great sports town that it is, had so much success for like a 20-year stretch between all of their pro- uh, major professional sports teams. And now it's starting to slowly go downhill. You look at oh, and the, they're they're crying poor. That's the thing. Look at the Boston way things happened with the Bruins. Look at the way the Celtics just ended their season. Look at how bad the Patriots have been bad. without Tom Brady. Yep, very interesting. Uh, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Let's talk about a little bit of football. You like that? You like that? DeAndre Hopkins, maybe around this time, maybe right now, he should be officially released. The news came out Friday that he'll yep. be released from the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, it didn't show up over the waiver wire, over the transactions wire, uh, over the weekend. So it should officially happen today. Should the Carolina Panthers go after DeAndre Hopkins? Remember a couple of weeks ago when I was here in this chair, Dennis, and I said I feel like uh, 
the Carolina Panthers have the deepest wide receiving core they've ever had. Uh, and you're yeah, like, we disagree. Eh, no. We disagree. And and we can still disagree okay. because I still think they do. But what make it what would make it even better? They had somebody like D Hop there. Yes, DeAndre be- Hopkins would significantly improve that because one of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now. Uh if you haven't made that call yet to his agent, then you need to. Uh or if you haven't, Scott Fitterer, uh, what are you doing? But yes, they should absolutely they gotta pick up the phone and be calling him. Now, does he want to play in Carolina? Does he want to play the rookie quarterback? Who knows? He, he, he's he from mentioned- South Carolina. He's from the area. Oh, okay, well, then there's that. It's his hometown team. Went to Clemson. Oh, there's – okay. It's South Carolina. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to come to North Carolina anyway. Exactly. So just, well, that's a good point. Charlotte, there's so, a I good mean, point. You know. But, okay, so that being said, yes, they should obviously make that call because – Carolina doesn't actually have a number one wide receiver. That's the thing. You're right. I, they I do, do not. I do think that they. This is the they deepest have a three at best. This is mm, this is the a deepest wide receiver core they've ever had, one through seven. But you're right. They don't have that number one guy. Okay, yeah, one through seven. It's hard to be deep one through seven when you don't have a one or a two. Well, no, they they have two. They have two twos. Who? DJ Chark and Adam Thielen. And then you have a, you have a number three who's probably ready to step okay. up to be a two. And Terrace Marshall Jr. Yeah, Thielen, who was ended up being a four late in the season for my well, Minnesota last season. When you play season. with Justin Jefferson, you're going to get sorry. some stuff taken from you. And and well, you have a new he, coach that was going to get the ball to Justin Jefferson more than you. I don't think Yeah, that, but I'm saying he got passed by other guys. Like K.J. Osborne and some other guys passed him on the roster. It could roster. be the, could be the system. could be the system. No, no, no. Like, legit snaps and everything were given to O's other guys could, over Adam Could Thielen. be the system. That's what I'm saying. What do you mean the system? Maybe the new coach up there, I can't remember his name right now, but he doesn't want to have Adam Thielen because he doesn't fit his system, which is why he's not there anymore. He doesn't want that type of quarterback. I mean, that type of wide receiver, excuse me. Uh, okay, well, no, we're going to disagree yeah. on that. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Uh, Scotty Pippen um, is just now it's just personal with Michael Jordan. Here's uh, Scotty Pippen just uh, saying things about MJ. LeBron will be the greatest statistical guy to ever play the game of basketball. And there's no comparison to him. None. So does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating because I don't believe that there's a great player because our game is a team game and one player can't do it. Like I seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. <laughs> you guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. Oh, get out he was of here. horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots. And Scotty. all of a sudden we become a team and we start winning. Scotty. Everybody forgot who he was. Okay, this is okay. All right, um, here's the thing. I'm not going to get into greatest of all time or where he, any of that kind of stuff. I'm not going to get into that. I'm strictly going to say this, Scotty, Sc- Scotty's ex-wife <laughs> and Michael Jordan's son apparently have a thing going on. They're dating. Yes, this is 100% just personal. That's 100% all this is. It's 100% personal, and I'll just leave it at that. When he got to the point of, like, y'all saw him before I got there. He was a terrible player. That's where where everything went off the rails. Everything else before that, okay, if that's your opinion, you can have that. That's fine. Michael Jordan was playing with cokeheads. Cokeheads. Legit cokeheads. People who were doing hard drugs after games, maybe even before games. Yeah. 
So if he was jacking up crazy shots, maybe it's because everybody else was high out of their mind and he needed to for them to win. It's just 100% personal. That's that is all personal. That is. What Scotty, if- you are horrible. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. North Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, who is the number one overall seed, right? Of all the teams. Of all the teams. All the teams. You also have UNC Wilmington, UNC Charlotte. They don't like to use UNC, but they're UNC Charlotte. And we also have ECU and also the Campbell Camels. Yeah. Shout outs to them. And we also have matchups in the first round. Yes. Of North Carolina schools. For example, Duke is playing against UNC Wilmington in the first round. Or that's the first match of their two three seed in their in the respective regional. Same thing down in in South Carolina in yeah. uh, at the University of South Carolina in Columbia. Co- yeah, Campbell's the two seed. NC State's the three seed. Duke and UNC Wilmington are heading down to Conway, South Carolina, down to Coastal. And UNC North Carolina is actually the one actually traveling the furthest away of at least of the ACC schools. They're heading to Terre Haute. Uh, which is in Indiana. Uh, and so I'm excited to see two of the best programs baseball-wise in the state of North Carolina match up in the first round. Well, one team who went 44-13 and 13 this past season. What an amazing year for the Campbell Camels. We have their head coach, Justin Hare, on the line with us. Coach, we want to just go ahead and clap for you guys. Congratulations. What an amazing season for you guys. It was so amazing. Uh, but here's the number one thing I have to ask you. Were you guys kind of screwed over a little bit for not hosting a regional because you you were one of the top 16 teams in the nation at the end of the regular season? Yeah, I mean, for sure. There, there's um, – were we screwed over? I don't – I mean, I don't know, man. Like, there, there's a lot of good teams out there, man, and, and I've never been in that committee room that has to decide those things. I thought that we put together a really strong resume – and I, I certainly felt like we were worthy of, of consideration in, in one of those top 16 seeds and would have loved to, to have that opportunity. And, um, you know, it didn't work out for us, unfortunately, for whatever reason. And, and you know, that the NCAA committee can answer to that a lot better than I can. Um, I, I, don't, I don't deal in conspiracy theories, man. I deal in fact. <laughs> In, in freaking Columbia, South Carolina, and our goal is to, to go down there and, and put ourselves in the best position to – to win on Friday. Justin Hare, Campbell baseball coach, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline alongside Chris Lee. I'm Dennis Cox. All right, late the season, you lost two out of three games to USC Upstate to close out the regular season. But get into the Big South Championship, you beat USC, University of South Carolina Upstate, twice 
to win the Big South Championship. Why was it special to beat a school from the state of South Carolina? And why is baseball in the state of North Carolina so much better than the state of South Carolina? Well, I, I you know, I'll say this, man. There's, there's a lot of teams from a lot of different states playing in the NCAA tournament. The state of North Carolina's got the most. Yeah, eight. they do. And, um, you know, so I think that, that that certainly speaks volumes for the, the depth of talent um, of the schools in, in, in our state. And not to say anything about any of those other, other places or other states. Um, I think, you know, I've been here for 16 years, man, mm-hmm. and, and uh, it's a really hard state to compete in, man, because there's a lot of really good programs. And, and we are certainly fortunate to, to be countered among those um, really good programs. Justin Hare joining us right now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Since you took over, Campbell, you've been averaging over 30 wins per season as a head coach for the Camels, right? So, like, it's this is not just like a flash in the pan thing this year. This is a really good baseball program. What do you think has been the, the secret of, of success to take this program that a lot of people don't know where Bowie's Creek is on, on, the, on the map? In North Carolina, if you don't live in North Carolina, you may not know where that's at. How have you taken this program and uh, helped to put it to where it was? Also, building on the foundation, which was there before you as well, but making it even stronger now in these last nine years. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, it's it's been fun because I was the assistant here for, for seven years before um, before I became the head coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think the, the biggest piece over the last 16 years is is that the people here are really special and, and we continue to, to try to – surround ourselves with really high quality people, both from a staff standpoint and a student athlete standpoint and an administrative standpoint. But beyond that, it, be, it goes from, you know, having really good people and, and really honing the process of developing, developing those people and developing um, the student athletes and, and, and the staff members and all that stuff. And I think when you have really good people and you pair it with a really good process, you have a, a really high, probability of, of, of producing a, a really good product. And, and that's what you've seen um, with our program over time is, is it's almost like anything else in life, man, there's almost no quick fixes. Um, but I think if you, if you have enough really high level people and you have a really good process, you continue to, to hone and, and, and fix and tweak and get better, man, you've got a really good chance to, to put a bunch of, of, of good products out there. And, and that's what we've been able to do. And, um, you know, fortunate to be playing in our fifth straight um, NCAA tournament and, um, you know, looking forward to, to getting out there and, and, and keep doing it. Justin Hare, Campbell, baseball coach, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. All right, first pitch, 1 o'clock Friday against NC State. L.A. Davidson's been there for a long time. These are two of the best programs, mm-hmm. not only in the state of North Carolina, but it, but nationally as well. What are you looking forward to most in facing the Wolf, Wolfpack? Um seeing our guys compete, you know, seeing our guys compete. I, I, obviously we, we've coach Avent has been tremendous to me since I was an assistant here and, and through my time now as a head coach, um, he has always been ultra respectful of our program. He has played us a lot when, when other places haven't, um, he is, he is, uh, him and Chris Hart and Clint Chrysler and Bo Robinson, they, they are phenomenal staff and phenomenal human beings. Um, and, and so I, I don't like to, to always have to compete against our friends, but I love to um, to compete and watch our guys compete. So when, when they say play ball at, at 1 o'clock on Friday, um, we're going to be focused on doing what, what we can do and, and uh, you know, giving it our best shot from, from our guys' standpoint and, 
and uh, and 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 really looking forward to watching our guys compete on a big stage. Coach Hare joining us right now on the Houston Automotive Group Hotline. I wanted to ask you this really quick, and I know a lot of coaches don't like to look forward too much. So if you don't answer this, then you know I, I definitely understand. But you guys uh, will be Campbell making that move to the CAA next year, right? And so yep. you guys played UNC Wilmington earlier this year, six yep. to two win, right? Um, yep. And and then you played them again. 24 yep. to 5. Yeah, that's big. Whipped up on them, okay? I, I, and they made the NCAA tournament as well. Um, right. What are what are some of your excitement levels of just having a little bit of a taste of what it will be like to go against another Colonial team, but already showing success and that much success? 24 to 5 against a team who's already in the tournament right now. What do you think that's going to look like for your team with that step up uh, to the Colonial next year? Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the Colonials got a lot of really good teams, you know, and and um, and a lot of really good coaches. Um, been fortunate to play UNC Wilmington a lot. I think we've played almost ninety something times in in the history of our two programs, and so that's a rivalry that that goes back a long way. And and certainly, we'll be excited to to continue that rivalry, you know, now for the first time in in conference play. Um, and 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 the Colonial. Um, you know, I think ended up being the, the seventh or eighth rated RPI conference in, in the country. And mm-hmm. so, you know, from an in-conference standpoint, it's going to be a really um, good challenge for us and, and for our program. And, and we're going to continue to have to, you know, recruit and develop well to, to stay competitive in that conference. But, you know, I think our guys will will be looking forward to that challenge and, and looking forward to, to, you know, playing some of those regional rivalries with, you know, Wilmington and College of Charleston and, and um, Elon and, and William and & Mary and all those those teams that are kind of still in our footprint. Um, it, it'll be a really fun conference um, week in and week out, and um, I feel like we'll stack up well and, and be super competitive um, and, and would hope that we would still, you know, be at or near the top of that conference as well. Justin here, four and thirteen this year. Yeah, forty-four and thirteen. Justin Harry, you have one heck of a season. Best of luck in the NCAA tournament. Uh, we're rooting for all the North Carolina schools. You're obviously included in that. Best of luck uh, down in Columbia, and uh, we look forward to talking to you in the near future. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate appreciate the opportunity to talk about our program. Absolutely, pleasure is ours. Campbell head coach Justin Hare joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline again. First pitch is on Friday. They play NC State. You can listen to that over on our sister station, WREL News Plus. So here in the Raleigh area, 99.3 FM as well as 96.5 FM if you're out in Durham. So there's ways to listen to the action. Also, Duke heading down to Conway, South Carolina, to Coastal Carolina as a two-seed. They're going to be playing UNC Wilmington. That pitch, that game first pitch, 1 o'clock, Listen to that over on Buzz Sports Radio. So 6.20 a.m. as well as 99.9 HD2. You can also check those out on WRLSportsFan.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.